Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Back, tapped out by Tony Bradley. Jazz maintained possession. Moutier working, fakes, gives it to Tony for a slam dunk. Oh, a little birthday present for Tony Bradley at the rim. And there. Knicks miss again at the rim. Rudy Gobert rebounds. Jazz by 27 with 8.45 left. They've let go of the rope. Here comes Donovan to the rim. And he'll smite a smash at the rim. David Locke on the call as the Jazz made it 7 in a row over the Knicks. Tonight they go for 8 in a row facing the Charlotte Hornets. Beat them a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte, and the Hornets have really struggled since then. They were a little under 500 at that point. They're now 10 games under. They've lost 8 of 10. PK, who's ready for another blowout? On Sunday, they go for nine in a row. Keep them going. Charlotte sucks, no matter what that guy that we had on from Charlotte who tried to defend Jordan's ownership says. (laughs) Yeah, he got really upset. And he took offense to his guy being criticized. But he did, but what else can you say when they're 10 games under 500 again? Uh, it seems like they've sucked since inception. Are they the Sacramento Kings of the East? Whoever they want you to, you want them to be is who they are. Jazz are home tonight. They hit the road Sunday in Washington for a three-game road trip. We got a four-pack of tickets. Giveaway to see the Salt Lake City Stars. They got home games tonight and tomorrow. Uh, keep listening here to the zone, and we will have them for you later in the show. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Well, Chris Paul and the Oklahoma City Thunder saw Russell Westbrook coming back to uh, town, and they geared up and played a really good game. 113 to 92. The Thunder route the Rockets. Westbrook had 34 in the loss, but James Harden didn't shoot at a lick. 5 of 17. Broke his streak of 20-point games. I only watched a little bit of that. I was watching college basketball and flicking back and forth, but it did seem like kind of a college atmosphere there, PK. Maybe it's you know being in a you know one pro team town or something because Portland gets crazy crowds. Oklahoma City does, obviously the Jazz do. You don't have the NFL and Major League Baseball right down the street. Maybe it's different, but they were all sorts of fired up for that game. Okay. Their guy came back, and they chanted MVP at him, and that whole thing he did at the start of the game, fist bumping everybody down press row and running over to the quarter and over to the corner and hollering and growling and everything, getting everybody all amped up. He did all of that. And then the Thunder went and won again. 11-2 in their last 13, and they're 16-5, and and still got some ground to make up because they had a lousy start. They were 6-11, and but they have been playing really well now for at least a month, maybe closer to two months at this point. I know, you've been saying it for at least a month, maybe two months now. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Trailblazers got a nice win, turnaround, took a bad loss. Timberwolves got him 116-102. And the Sixers have lost Joel Embiid, a torn radial collateral ligament in the ring finger on his left hand. He's going to have surgery. They'll reevaluate him here in a week or two. He's going to be out a while, and the Sixers, without him, had a huge fourth quarter and beat the Celtics 109-98. Always good to see. Tonight, Lakers and Mavericks is the big game on ESPN. That's at 7.45, so they'll be about one quarter behind the Jazz game, but on roughly at the same time. DJ and PK. 
Hashtag college basketball. 2.1 seconds left. Oregon leading 74-73. Quick inbound is stolen. Pritchard dribbles it out. Oregon wins it. Ducks knock off the Wildcats in a top 25 classic to open Pac-12 play at Matthew Knight Arena. 74-73. Ducks win in overtime. Two big dogs going at it, PK. That didn't disappoint. Arizona actually had a big game or a big lead early in that game. And uh, Oregon, with a couple rallies, was able to get back into it and win that thing in OT. Is Oregon going to win the Pac-12? Is it all of them? No. It's not all of them. They're 2-1. But are they the best team? You have to go ask Alice. Alice. I think she knows. Alice. BYU in overtime, beaten by St. Mary's 87-84. No Yoli Childs, fingers in splint. See if he's going to miss a week or two or how long. That's what Mark Pope alluded to in his pregame radio interview. See how that plays out. TJ Haas had a big game, hit a couple of big shots, had the dunk to force overtime. Toulson came up with a big game as well. It's not quite enough. Did you guys run with that, man? I gave you breaking news. Did you put it on Twitter? I gave you like three hours before the game. I put it out there. Did you put breaking in uppercase? I didn't put breaking <laughs> on it. All caps. No. Caps lock. Should put breaking Did on it. Did the D news do it? I told Jay Drew. I told you both about 5 o'clock. Des News didn't do anything until Jeff called the, uh, the official announcement. He said he didn't trust me. Of course not. Come on. <laughs> you worked for the watchdog. <laughs> so did Jay. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I heard it was a. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know how long this injury is going to be. But I heard it was pretty serious. But it's going to be a while. It sucks for BYU, man. It sucks for the kid, most especially for the kid because he came back as a senior. And obviously, he had the nine game suspension, and then this thing here doesn't get to play. I mean, you can make the case they would have won with him. I don't know if that would have happened. You can make the case they would have beat Utah. I don't know if that would have happened if he didn't have cramps and muscle spasms or whatever he had against the Utes there at the end. None of that really matters. Uh, you're just playing the what-ifs. But more importantly, the kid is missing an opportunity to display his skills for uh, professional scouts. And it's a senior year, and that just really bites on all levels. They're going to have to play without him against Portland Saturday, and Gonzaga a week from Saturday seems pretty iffy to unlikely. That's unfortunate. They can't get your break. I mean, they have to go really small, you know, playing Nixon at center. For a good stretch, Kobe Lee's decent backup big man, not a or a second big man anyway. He can get foul trouble, and they they do have some height, you know. Outside of Parcello, the rest of the guys are six four, six five. But you know they battled gamely, and just when you're got your two best big men and Baxter and Childs unable to play, and you had an opportunity to really be good this year. Maybe they can be good enough to get in, but if they would have had all their guys, I think they definitely would have been in with all these seniors. And just, I, I feel bad for everybody involved. We got the question up at Facebook. Your theory is how come the BYU football team and the BYU basketball team have been besieged by injuries? Put on the doctor's hat there and uh, give us your, uh, your medical theories. It's up on Facebook. We will get to that coming up. BYU at the Marriott Center uh, tomorrow night, 7.30. It'll be on BYU TV, Cougars, and Portland. Utah State's hosting Nevada in Logan tomorrow. Got any suggestions for ending a three-game losing streak? 
The game's a little on the early side, 6 o'clock. Scotty will have the pregame at 5.30. Yeah, I'll play better, I guess. You got Nevada at home tomorrow in Logan. The Utes on the road Sunday to face 25th-ranked Colorado. That's 4 o'clock on ESPNU. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Mike Leach out at Washington State, in at Mississippi State. How about some SEC money for Leach? Ready for him to mix it up? See if he can get to uh, eight wins there. It seems like it's the same kind of job, only a league with more money and more prestige. Yeah, if you listen to the athletic director at uh, Washington State, he had a press conference, and I listened to that, and that's what he was saying, those very things that you just spoke of. I think it speaks poorly for the Pac-12 that somebody would leave to go to the SEC, but that's the reality of it. They make more money, so they have more money to spend. I mean, it's obviously whatever you call it. Give and take, demand and supply, whatever you whatever you say there, and so he's doing that. And and I think that he had a disappointing season. He, he snapped at a reporter there, and it was a public thing. And once you do that, it seems like the walls start to close in. And so he got out of there. Fifty-five wins in eight years. It was a pretty good run, but time for a fresh start. The phrase "run its course" is pretty easy to spit out right now, but. Off the beaten path, disadvantages. He's got his system. He'll be throwing it all over the place and uh, see if he can uh, elevate their profile a little bit. Everybody seems to be anticipating uh, all the crazy things that could be said and done leading up to the Egg Bowl now with Lane Kiffin and uh, Mike Leach being the head coaches. All sideshow. Show me some wins, baby. About that stuff. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. They do so many good good things offensively, the formations and the rockets and the motions and the shifts and then the execution, and they got good players. So all that enters into a, to a factor. They come up with a different scheme for each team, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of adjustments being made during the course of the ballgame. Mike Zimmer is talking about the 49ers offense. Zimmer and the Vikings, seven-point underdogs. They pulled the massive upset, and they took down the Saints in the Superdome. Now can they go get the Niners? In the divisional round here. A lot of huge point spreads this weekend. It's uh, The Seahawks are five-point underdogs at Green Bay, but both the Chiefs and Ravens at home are favored by 10. We had some, some drama with a close game in New England, and we had a couple of overtime games. But uh, this week, Vegas expecting lopsided stuff. The gamblers all thinking these are going to be not, not nearly as competitive. Well, the two games that I'm interested in the most are the Niners and the Packers. Uh, the Niners, we've been asking the question all season, how legitimate are they? How legitimate are they? And they've racked up a very impressive season. And so now you get to really prove just how legitimate you are. That's the great thing about it is certainly at the pro level and to a great extent at the college level, eventually you'll be able to answer that question, how legitimate are you? You know, the Utes had their question all season long, and, and we found out as far as in being a you know a top four team, whatever it might be, and and now the Niners have this opportunity here. And if they win a couple of ball games, then they're on to the big one, and you can answer it. And Seattle and Green Bay. Seattle has had an excellent season, obviously. The Russell Westbrook. He's my second favorite player Wilson. to watch. No, Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook's my second player, favorite player to watch. 
Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. Now, Russell Wilson's pretty good, too. (laughs) 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 Wilson's, he's my second favorite quarterback to watch. Now, my favorite is Aaron Rodgers. I I don't root for either of those teams. I just like to watch those players. And so it's cool that they're playing against each other. And I'm really much anticipating that game, too, because you never know how it's going to turn out. But I, have an opp- I, I anticipate that game being a great game because I believe in the Seahawks. Well, the Niners, an excellent defense uh, is as far as, you know, building a reputation. you got to do it in the postseason. Uh, right. For all the heat Cousins took, you really can't say anything bad about the way he played in New Orleans. If he turns around and does this to the Niners defense. What heat did he take? For not being a big time player. He's got a terrible record in primetime games. He's He's, 0-9 on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he's 0-9 on Monday Night Football. And he has a habit of beating the teams with losing records, but then in the bigger games. He's a pitcher now? We're going to, if you win 300 games, you you automatically get into Canton? (laughs) What is this? I think you look at quarterbacks get judged by how they do in the postseason, and there's a group of guys. One and oh. Brady and uh, <clears throat> Rogers and Wilson, your guys, and uh, Breeze. They've won Super Bowl or plural Super Bowls. And there's another group of guys who recognize as pretty good, and they win playoff games. Philip Rivers, Alex Smith. I mean, probably go down the line. I probably should have put Roethlisberger in that first tier. Um, and so is he, he wasn't in that tier, but he's that's a starter that's, making a that's ton that's of money. Ridiculous. Now, if, if, not Philip, in, if Philip Rivers played in Pittsburgh, he'd have two Super Bowl wins. Well, he doesn't. It's a team game. All right, starts tomorrow, Saturday game, Saturday afternoon. It's the Niners first, 235. Yeah, I'm 235. My butt's going to be sitting on the couch watching that game. Titans and Ravens in prime. So don't tomorrow. bother me with some of your stupid trivial stuff that you bug me on, on the weekends. I rarely call you on the weekends. I'll be on air, so, you know. Just Let's just start texting him. Just start texting I'm him. I'm going to start pinging him. PK, want to join the show Just today? give me breaking news like I gave you guys yesterday. I wanted you to cut in to Channel 2. I wanted you to cut in to whatever the hell you do on your Cougar thing. And and then I find out you guys didn't do anything with it. I, I did something I give you it. breaking news. Yeah, but you you should do something with it. Oh, those days are gone for me. <laughs> Why didn't I do? I did do something with it. I gave it to you guys, to two leading news sources in the in the state, Channel Two and your Cougar thing. I appreciate you, that. Why didn't I do something? I did do something. You freaking idiot! What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Andy Katz, college football digital reporter for NCAA.com, the Big Ten Network, Fox Sports. Your guy. Andy Katz. Andy Katz? Sit on press row with him and Mexico Fresno. I've been chasing this guy for months. We'll see if it comes to fruition. Oh, you have? Yes. Uh, Andy and I go way back. ESPN had a big round of layoffs. He got caught up in them. One moment he's... uh, in the Oval Office doing NCAA tournament picks with the president. And now he's putting his own gig. He's in the, part of the hustle, putting his own gig together. I'd say it's me, Andy, and Ed Graney, who uh, works for the Review Journal in Las Vegas now. I used to work for San Diego. Those are the three guys that are the other two guys that I go way back with. Natalie Miser, the Denver Pros, but she's deceased now. Adrian Wojnarowski used to work for Fresno. Uh, Woj. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Woj bomb. No, that's the other guy I'm chasing. All right, Eddie Katz is coming up at 8.30. David Locke, his Friday visit at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK coming up next. Your theories, how come BYU has so many injuries? What's the deal? Let's get to that next. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Utah Jazz shoot-around show. Here's Emmanuel Moutier. With the way this offense operates, what have you consumed the most that you feel like you've been able to put out there on the floor? Just knowing when to attack and when, you know, to get others involved. I think I'm just trying to keep figuring that out. And, you know, I'm in there with the starting group for a little bit and the bench unit for a little bit. So kind of figuring out how to pick my own spots and then try to get everybody else involved too. Does that come with a process where you're trying not to think so much and just let it be a reaction? And how is that process coming along? Yeah, I'm not thinking too much and obviously if we get stops and run that's the best basketball so we don't have to think that much the ball is moving and i think everybody you know is feeling involved too tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network visit the ford fan zone on level six where there are free papa shot games cornhole and foosball tables enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing enjoying food and drink Taking in the jazz game and socializing with friends. That's what it's about, really. Hanging out, having a good time. Seriously, when you strip it away, I think that is the essence of why we do these things with these sports events that we go to. It's something to do. Mix it up. Go somewhere different. See something different. And have fun with people you like. Yeah. I mean, I would ask... How much is it really about the winning and losing? You'd fans, phenomenal season. Didn't lose a ball game at home all season. Didn't have any nervousness in every single home game that I could think of, unless I'm missing one. So would you play seven home games this year? And every one of them you won. Pretty much every one you won in comfortable fashion. Isn't this a, a great time? Was a great time had. And the same for going to jazz games. As long as they're out there balling. You know, if they're not out there giving 100%, then that's something different. If you're, you're not giving everything you have. It's still about the winning and losing, though, because if any team goes in the dumper, and we've been doing this a long time, and we've been doing the radio for, what are we on, 17, 18 years? And twenty-seven quarter, quarter of a no. <laughs> it seems like that with you. Why well, you got to be like that? <laughs> quarter of a century at all. We've seen a lot of teams go in the tank, and every time it happens, the place empties out. So it's you want the winning as a backdrop. Yes, to, to a degree. Hang out with your friends. Yeah, nobody wants to go there and like, sweet, they got drilled by twenty. I, I understand again. that completely. But so I it don't is think about you, the winning. It, no, I, it's not a. It's not about the championship, as you like to say. But it's about winning more than you lose. If you win more than you lose here, I don't know that this is true in every sports market, but here, if you win more than lose, you're in pretty good shape. If you win two-thirds, lose one-third, a football team goes eight and four, the Jazz go, well, certainly if the Jazz go 55 and 27, but even the 50-win Jazz team gets people excited here. As it should. Right. We've seen a lot of 50-win teams, and there hasn't been a 50-win team that people looked at, shrugged, and walked away from. So I agree with you to a good extent. See, but, I think if you go to another place, like in L.A., do you have to win it all? Because if SC's 8-4, and four, they want to fire the coach. 
But maybe people aren't from there, so they're not a, not as tied to the teams, and they've had so much championships that the bars so many championships the bars just set higher. They can have much championships. No wrong with nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it went great, but you know, we'll just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> See, but at the same time, though, how about that year or multiple years when the statues left, uh-huh. and there wasn't a ton of winning. But people had a really good time going to those games and seeing those underachievers. So maybe the better phrase is then winning versus expectations. Because the expectations for the Jazz are largely, hey, 50 wins, win a playoff series. And Stockton Malone had awesome careers. They went to two finals back-to-back late. There was plenty of excitement before that. And in a lot of those seasons, they won 50 and won a playoff round. And when they didn't win a playoff round, people did get pretty down. I, I think you have to be competitive. Right. If you're sitting down there in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, and they've gone 10 years now, assuming they don't make the playoffs this year, it'll be their 10th consecutive season. That's completely and totally un- inexcusable. There is no reason for that whatsoever outside of pathetic ownership and pathetic management. All those picks that they had, and they just have sucked one after another, and they've had these high picks, and they got jack squat to show for it. So I get that, but we haven't had that in Utah State had it in football mm-hmm. for a number of years, and that was embarrassing, and that was that was bad. That was bad news. Uh, so I get that if you suck consistently for a number of years, that's awful. But I don't think you have to win at an extremely high level. I would ask you fans this season here: Did you have a good time? Yes, but they're griping about it now. Man, now that it's over, are you griping about it, or are you looking back thinking that was a pretty good season? I had fun with my brother, my father, my friends, my wife, my kids, whoever it is that you go or you watch well, I guess the games with. I would say there's a little bit of both, because I'm definitely talking to people who have griped about it, but I also believe that all those people that I know who are season ticket holders are going to re-up. If you got the and money, know, why wouldn't you? Right, and I know that they... You know, they track, everybody tracks that kind of stuff, right? And then occasionally they announce the number. And if that renewal rate is under 95%, I'll be shocked. I mean, you have life circumstances, a few people don't renew, but the overwhelming majority do it. Right. So you, did you fans have a good time? Even BYU fans. Now, you had far more frustration this year. You bleeped away three games, and that sucks. You bleeped. You literally bleeped away three games. It's just inexcusable that you did that. You shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, you got battered with injury, and the depth issues now have never been more apparent for BYU. So going back to the injury issues that we we're just talking about, you know, you can play the what if until you're blue in the face, and and people like to do that. I get it. it's part of the fun or frustration or whatever you feel like, but. It looked like the Williams kid was on to something at running back. Yes. And so if he managed to to stay healthy, like Zach Moss did for uh, every game but one. Maybe when they've got those fourth quarter leads, they run the ball, mm-hmm. they run out the clock, they win the game. Pretty sure he gains two yards. If they don't throw a pass behind the line. Doonkoffs who called the plays. Uh, gave it to him. Averaging nine yards per carry in that game, <laughs> but you know. But, but it might not even come down to that play, you can also argue. 
Exactly. He could have, uh, you know. It just seemed to me standing on the field against SC and watching all the people stream on the field and 50 of you smack me on the the back on that situation. (laughs) They were definitely having a good time. And they're playing, we are the champions over the loudspeaker, (laughs) my friends. Two and one. (laughs) So what? I know. (laughs) This is college. Who cares? And it's USC. Yeah. You don't get to beat USC at home very often. You don't get to play them at home. How many very times often. you show fans at a college game, and they're four and five, and the fans uh, flashing the the index figure, we're number one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see it in the bowl games. People yeah. going nuts. You're, you're like you're seven. You normally you don't see it at the pro five. level, but you know you see that at the college. So did you have fun, BYU fans? Did you have fun this year? Because you you had. A good schedule. You finally got some teams to come back, and and Tom Homo spoke how it was going to take years, and he's got it done. And they got some good teams coming in next season to the stadium. Uh, you know, so, uh, November is a good schedule too, and as you continue on, these teams, I don't think they're playing many just uh, away series now. They may be playing a, a two for one or what have you, or a third game in a neutral or whatever it might be. But at least at some point, teams on your schedule are coming into your stadium. And this Jazz team, I don't know what they're going to do in the postseason. I hope they go all the way. Probably not. But are you having fun? It seems to me that this is a likable team. It's a fun team. They're making the pass. We don't just have ISO ball that we used to have back in the 90s, which seems like, what were we thinking back then? <laughs> this is way more fun. <laughs> yeah, where we have two guys standing above the three-point line pointing and a coach waving his arm. And, Illegal! Yeah. Illegal! And somebody just pounding hey. it into the hardwood, backing watch, them down. Let's watch one guy dribble while yeah. people complain about rules violations. Yeah. I mean, what a snooze fest that was. And you don't have that now. You've got, oh, I think, collectively the world's best athletes uh, showing their stuff, running up and down the floor, shooting. Bogdanovich, you know, getting the ball, boom. Joe Ingles, who, you know, he has the height. Although I, 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 I totally think his athletic ability is completely and totally underrated. But you look at him outside of the height, you think, well, I can do that. You know, you got to be born to be able to be six, seven, six, eight, and most of us aren't. Uh, but you see him do his thing, and, and he's out there smiling, laughing, having a good time, uh, taking it for you know he's very serious about it, but he also can have fun with it. Uh, you don't you don't leave this arena thinking that was a good time. Socialize as, as that advertisement that you just read just said. Socializing with friends that's not a good time. Isn't that what it's about at its essence? Or is it completely and totally about winning? It's not completely and totally about winning because if it were completely and totally win- about winning, the teams who win the championships would be the only ones who drew. And we see the Red Sox and Cubs didn't win forever, but they did have some good teams, and people could go hang out at the ballpark. I, I think baseball's that- a different animal. Because it's outdoors in the summer? Yes, and you're, you're especially in those two cities where you just mentioned where it it's very cold a lot of the time. So Miami wins two championships but plays indoors in a dome and nobody goes. There's no outdoors to Tampa Bay. And, and they've had really struggles. good teams. And they've had good teams. Yes. But the and they just made a big trade yesterday with the it's, Cardinals. It's very kingdomish, and I never saw a baseball game in the kingdom. Well, I never saw any game in the kingdom. I played football there, too. Uh, but I always heard it was like the cement bunker at the end of the mall. Just no atmosphere. 
So I think the atmosphere makes part of the fun, and the atmosphere in the summer, people tend to be happy with summer weather. Right. So I think I think baseball is a little bit of it's different than football and basketball, and it's cheaper depending on where you want to sit. 162 games they have that. Football's got eight NFL games. They're yeah. going to charge a bazillion dollars. Right. So it's easier to go to a game and sit down left field in the outfield or what have you, and it doesn't break the bank too much. And I don't, uh, I don't take finances or people's expenses lightly. It's serious business to folks. Uh, so I'm not saying uh, you should be spending money on whatever it is. If you can't afford it, so be it. But the basketball and football, they're more expensive. And for, for some people, I guess it is exclusively about winning. For me, it's about entertainment. Did you have fun? If I'm a youth this season, that was a fun season, sure. There had there has frustration. But you tell me what season outside of two didn't. And and the fact that you can say two is awesome. Because obviously you won every ball game. And maybe there was a little frustration. You didn't get to to get invited to the biggest opportunity. But I would think if I'm a youth fan this morning, now that the season is over and we're you know, we're over a week away from the end of the ball game. Did you have fun this season? If you were a Ute fan watching on television or at the games, did you have fun? There's a ton of excitement leading up to the Pac-12 title game. There were weeks of it. Even though we knew those last three games after Washington were going to be blowouts. People were all sorts of fired up. Oh, yeah, nothing wrong with going to the stadium knowing that your team is uh, going to go kick the crap out of somebody. Looking at you, Jazz fans, tonight. Getting ready for Charlotte. Yeah. Aren't you going to have a good time? It's Friday night. You're going to come downtown. Uh, And if you're coming to the ball game, uh, you know, you're probably going to meet somebody. Donovan and Joe are going to hit threes and people are going to holler. Rudy's going to dunk. Rudy's going to do his thing, block some shots. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, bang, bang, niang. Okay. <laughs> let that go. <laughs> we need to let it go. We need to let it go. We're going to amplify it. No, we're not letting that one go. Bogey for three. Bang, bang on the niang for three. That's not fun? Or am I just an old footy-duddy who's lost my will to win? And it's about winning and losing. The world is full of winners and losers. Which one are you going to be in? You're going to be a winner or you're going to be a loser? You decide. You want over there? I think that sounds good to say that kind of stuff. And you can't argue with, I want a championship. Well, you do want a championship and everybody wants it. But Madison Square Garden is still this magical place, basketball mecca, and it's still packed. And they've been awful. So there's got to be something to going... Seeing, like you say, the world's greatest athletes, guys who are way bigger than normal, way faster than normal, quicker than normal, and highly skilled. And the Knicks are running out 25 win teams. Okay, can I say? 35 win teams. Can I say there, though, they got 15 million people in the city every day, and you're just asking. So you ought to find 15,000? Yeah. But a lot of those people are priced out. I mean, back to you got to have the money, the time, and the health if you don't have those things. Uh, but obviously, there's yeah, they're, plenty they're of folks in who Manhattan, do. surrounded by a lot of money. And there's a lot of people making money in Manhattan. Not that everybody in New York is, but a very expensive place to live. 
So money flows freely there. But people with a lot of money have a lot of options, and they still choose to spend it on going to Nick games. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, I want my ownership, and I want my management, and my coaches, and my players, I, want, I don't want them to have the attitude that I have. I don't want them thinking, hey, you know, we gave a nice effort. That was pretty good. <laughs> I don't think it works that way. I think you see teams in those playoff games. That are, the Saints looked down. <laughs> they looked down. Right, but I'm talking about, I mean, in the moment, obviously, you look down. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about over the long term. It's like marriage. You're getting married on your wedding day. If you're not happy that day, you got issues. Good point. So if you're not sad in the moment when you lose, I'm talking about all the time. I'm talking about off-season workouts. I'm talking about when they decide to uh, upgrade the practice facility or build a practice facility or add 75 assistant coaches. Uh, All these things that go into winning. There has to be a complete and total commitment to the cause of winning. If there's any doubt on any of it, then you're not going to win. You have to be fully committed 100% to winning at the highest level every year, recognizing that that's a scale. Some years are more winning than others, but the commitment from the folks who are in charge of making that happen, they've got to have that. And they have to leave the no stone unturned and all that crap. And you just you look at the college teams that are winning. That's what they do. Look at their budgets. It's no accident. Money wins. And you can and argue spent smart, Utah spent the most of the public schools in recruiting, according to the documents. We don't know about Stanford and SC because they're private schools, but they spent the most. Well, they've won the division two years in a row. How about that? They won 20 games the last couple of years. How about that? There's a commitment. There's got to. So I want my management or administration in the collegiate sense to do everything that they can do. Because if they're not doing it, then that detracts. I think that's some of the knock on BYU. Not doing everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you think, though, with BYU, uh, you always talk about that stretch because it's the the best stretch they've had. Uh, Lavelle had, uh, had a bigger year in the 90s, but his big stretch was late 70s, early 80s. Um, the stretch they had with Bronco where they were 43-8. and eight. So they're basically <coughs> averaging nine. 11 wins a year. Awesome. But if you average nine, BYU fans would be pretty excited. But when you average seven, they feel like you left stuff on the table. So you don't have to have the championship, but you've got these expectations wherever you go. Now, maybe at SC, you do have to. If you didn't win the Pac-12 title at SC, well, what went wrong? Yeah, but I still think they recognize you're not going to do it every single season. Right. Especially in a sport where a couple injuries can just derail everything, and it's happened. So when you say BYU fans have to lower their expectations, you have the people who think you're going to get back to 11 wins every year like Bronco had for a four-year stretch. Okay. And I can pl- find plenty of four-year stretches where Lavelle had A, really good teams, B, conference titles, C, players who were wildly entertaining, and they didn't average 11 wins. Yeah, but the BYU back then was doing pretty much everything it could to win. 
because they weren't getting outpaced. They weren't getting outspent because money the money hadn't blown right. up the way it has and now. I ask if I'm a Utah fan, do you feel your administration and jazz fans too? Do you feel your ownership management team is doing everything they can to win? Do you feel Utah? Are you doing everything you can to win? And then I ask BYU fans, do you feel well, your administration, j- your leadership is doing everything they can to win? Jazz fans, I think, would answer yes, and I think they would point to what we were talking about yesterday. The bench didn't look good, and they made changes and upgraded. And they found a guy on the bench who could do better. They found a guy on another team who That's could part do better. Of it. It's not exclusively it, right. but it's part of it, and it's a major but factor. It was, but it was doubling down after they made two big moves in the summer Absolutely. where Conley and Bogdanovich, I mean, those are pretty healthy salaries. Combined, it's not $50 million, but it's certainly over forty. Uh, I think it's high it's 40s. It's like 47 48. Yeah, 40, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Not, that, that's a commitment. So I think that kind of stuff says, yes, they're committed. And, uh, and Utah, when you see they're at the top. Now... The problem, which we were just talking about in the last segment, is Leach leaves the Pac-12. Is the Pac-12 as a group doing everything? There's complaints about that. Leach leaves. He gets a million-dollar-a-year raise. They, Brett McMurphy just tweeted out in this segment, four-year deal, $5 million per year. Well, he had been in the high threes at Washington State and had raises set that were going to take him into the to $4 million, and then probably a couple years down the line in the low four. And so all of a sudden, boom, $5 million, the SEC, making more money. Paying more, getting the best coaches. And yeah, but is Washington State doing everything it can to win? <clears throat> yeah, but I think that's where you see people complain about the Pac-12 commissioner. Like, you ought to be doing better. Okay, but that's fine. That's another story. I mean, that yeah. has nothing to do with the University of Utah. They can't control what the Pac-12 the does. commissioner does. And that, yeah, that's but up. That's to what the, people are griping about. Right. I don't think they're griping about the individual team. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you get somebody who has no relationship to the community and you just bring him in, he's a hired hand, and he's there because you're paying him a lot of money, and and then if something good, better comes along, he takes off. I mean, you don't have to worry about that with Kyle. He's had opportunities to go to the SEC, and he said no because he's a Utah guy, and I'm speaking not just the university, I'm talking about the community. You hire one of your own, they're not as quick to leave for that that's a but that's another story the BYU fans you feel like your administration and your leadership is doing everything they can to win yes or no give me I want f- I want six no we got to have any odd number seven BYU fans <laughs> you can't seven. have a tie okay. no I like it yeah. it's the best of seven it's a playoff series yeah. I want seven BYU fans to respond right now do you feel your administration is doing the Everything that it can, and it has to be within reason, of course. But do you feel like everything that within <laughs> everything reason? Everything within reason can't go all uh, SEC and start paying people. Well, and cheat like a mother, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that. I'm, I'm talking within the bounds of of in the bounds of what is possible. Is BYU doing all that it can within the bounds of what is possible to win? Yes or no. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. All right, we will uh, get to that. And also, you know what we ought to get to? Uh, what? what do we ought to get to? Oh, we ought to give away some tickets. Okay. We'll do that next. DJ Sweet. and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. I'm a Ute season ticket holder, and the lack of competition did make it a little boring. I left most of the games early. But he went. Jeez. Not exactly third world problems there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. 8.30 game, six minutes left. It's out of hand. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Hit the road, beat the traffic. Isn't that a great scenario? You were well, he that might, much better than everybody else. Assuming James is a hardcore ticket, uh, you know, hardcore longtime season ticket holder, maybe he remembers a couple of USC home games with drives against the clock to win it and all the tension. Fine, but and that would be ideal is to win at the end and have it be the most exciting. But if you can't, the next best thing is kicking a crap out of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? You, Utes, I'm pissed at you. You guys well, were, just, the, you were too good this year. And the, and the other thing is that that was kind of a one-off this year. It's not like exactly. they've done this in other years. And it's, not, not, it's not like they're likely to do it next year. they got to rebuild the whole yeah. defense. Right. So for one year, yes, they did win a lot of games by a lot. And good for them. But there ought to be plenty of close games next year. There usually are. Yeah. This this was a rarity in which these games were pretty much over by halftime, so many of them. Like six of the eight, basically. That's a one in conference. That would, then, be, that would be awesome if Harlan got a call. Okay, I'm going to re-up. But so help me, if you crush everybody next year, I'm out! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said nobody. I know. Come on. All right, set the table for what you want out of these BYU fans. we got three votes. We need four. But for the people just joining us. Do you feel the teams that you root for, whether they're pro in the college level, are they doing everything they can within their powers to put forth the best product that they could put? Are they, doing, are they committed to winning? Not at all costs. Now, but say, the costs that you can afford. Are, they, are, you, uh, are you getting open mics here or you got callers, Yuck? I've had a couple of callers weigh in. We had one on Twitter so far, so it's been a mixture of the... I want I want BYU fans, and Newton Jazz fans can respond, but the BYU fans, do you feel like your administration is doing everything within their power to be committed to winning? Because you need that commitment more than ever. As you said, Lavelle Edwards, you know, they were winning, and Bronco Mendenhall was winning at great, great levels. Right, forty nine and forty three and nine, whatever it was, or eight. That was super impressive from oh six to oh nine. Well, that might as well been a hundred years ago in terms of everything that's happened. That's basically yesterday, metaphorically speaking. But the changes that have gone on are so dramatic in this ten year period. We may never see a ten year period like this again. The dam is broken. The lake is gone. Yeah, it's just a little stream left where the lake used to be. We're talking about draining yeah. Lake Powell. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the changes from 2010 when they got the invite to the Pac-12, your enemy, and you guys announced, now they went into effect a year later, but that that's 10 years ago. That is just 
remarkable, the amount of changes. And so since then, are they doing everything that they can to put forth the best product? Because you need that more than ever. More than ever. One of your own says, no, you're not. I'm looking at his Twitter right now. Our guy, Tanner Mangum. Good dude. Great dude. Taking a job up there in Portland. He started this last week, right? Uh, and he put, he put out when they extended Kalani, right move to extend Kalani. This was on November 18th. Next step, the program and administration better give him and the team the added support, blah, blah, blah. And so somebody asked him, hey, what does that, what does that mean? And he responds, so I agree. In your opinion, what are those added resources? And he lists them. Number one, recruiting budget. And I don't know if it's in any particular order. Number one, recruiting budget is limited. Number two, nutrition and food budget is limited. Number three, coaching and support salaries are far below P5 average. Number four, players don't have unlimited access to facilities. Overall, monetary focus isn't where it needs to be to keep up with the top P5s. So that's one of your own, a flat-out no. I don't know so much about the fourth one, but first three certainly. Read plenty of stories, heard plenty of people interviewed about how important those things are. Those are areas schools are investing in heavily. He knows, so it's legitimate. So does BYU need to up its game from this other aspect? Now, the other side is, well, wait a second. You need all that to beat South Florida? What's wrong with you? You should be beating South Florida. Their program sucked. Their coach got fired. I don't want to hear it. Shut up. Which one is it? Yak, what are the three people saying? All right. Jerry was our first caller. He said, I'm a BYU fan, and yes, they are investing enough. All right, Jerry. Second caller was Cameron. Big, fat, emphatic, no. Big, fat, emphatic. I like. Very rarely do you have a fat, emphatic. And then... Put that no on the NJ diet. And then Shiloh <laughs> Lloyd on Twitter sent no with multiple exclamation points to us. So oh. Two to one so far. Emphasizing the point. That's three down and 60,000 fans to go. We need Good. four more for PK's request. Because <laughs> you need now more than ever to have that support. The guys in the suits, the ladies who was ever in charge, they need to be able to just say, we're doing everything we can. And maybe Tom Homo and his guys feel like they're doing everything they can. And maybe one of those uh, roundtable sessions that they have, I'll ask Tom, do you feel like this administration is giving you the full support to do everything that you can? How much more money would they have to raise to up that list you just said to be competitive? Is it more money to raise or is it make a phone call? Either one. Raise the money with one phone call. I don't know. You get the money. The money's, is the money already there? Because if the money's already there, then you don't have to raise it. You just need to be allocated it. From previous conversations with athletic directors, I think they're not going to get it allocated. They have to go raise it. But what do I know? All right, we got to go to break. That's the one thing I know. When we come back, we can get uh, four more people to satisfy, satisfy PK's desire for seven. 
Seven people to weigh in. In the 8 o'clock hour, Andy Katz scheduled to join us at 8.30. What are the odds on that, Yach? How's that going? I just got a confirmation. Sweet. There it is. seconds ago. College football digital reporter for NCAA.com. He covers the Big Ten Network, uh, works for them and the uh, Fox Sports as well. Andy Katz, coming up at 8.30. David Locke, radio voice of the Jazz at 9. Uh, let's do it. 855-340-ZONE. Right now, we've got a four-pack of tickets to see the Stars tonight. Correct. 855-340-ZONE. If you want to go out and see the Salt Lake City Stars, 15-4 and four on the year. They're home tonight against the Memphis Hustle and tomorrow against the Agua Caliente Clippers. Both games at 7 o'clock. we got a four-pack of tickets to tonight's game. Be caller number 12 right now at 855-340-ZONE.